So I have to say that the first Sunday of the month here is always an exercise of faith for me. You see, the first Sunday of the month here, we, we begin the sermon with a children's message because we want to be intentional, intentional on a couple of things. Firstly, we firmly believe that families should worship together. The church is the family of God, and so natural families should worship together as family. Second, we believe that the children are the church, not just the future of the church, but they are part of the family God here and now. And as a dad myself, I can say that children actually learn a lot during worship, even when they're distracted or looking bored or being loud and not still at all. I see this in my own son. I'm, I'm sure many of you have heard my son in worship. But he's also learning how to worship, right? So a lot of times he comes forward and I can actually, actually see him genuflex. He comes up and, he, and he, he's trying to make the sign of the cross. He's, he's learning how to worship by observing what we do in worship. So the first Sunday here is... is um, it's fun, it's challenging, it's an exercise of faith. We have this, this children's message, and um, I never know how it's going to go. I never know what's going to be said. Um, I'm never going to know if, if my son's going to decide to stay with me afterwards. So all of this to say, we're going to see how today goes. Any and all children, you're welcome to come forward a little closer to the sanctuary for a children's message. Yay! <laughs> Oh, yeah. Nice and comfy, huh? Good morning. Good morning. How we doing? Good. Constance is awake. Everybody else still kind of waking up? It's cold. It's rainy. It's kind of nasty. Who's ready for better weather? Yeah? Who's ready to go outside and play and enjoy and recess, right? The groundhog said it was early spring, and it's not. That groundhog must be a liar. So what do I have in my hands? The Bible. The Bible, yeah. What we call the, the Word of God, okay? A lot of books, a lot of stories in here, a lot of characters. Do you guys have a favorite story or character? What you got? When God was born, crucified under Pontius Pilate. When, when Jesus was crucified under Pontius Pilate, so for death and resurrection. Yeah, very good. Richard? The Good Samaritan. Oh, yeah, that's a really good story. Anybody, you got one? Esther. That's, that's a book of the Bible. Very, very cool story. Yeah? You read it with your mom before? Yeah? Cool. You guys got a, a favorite story or character? You guys know the story of Jonah and the big fish? Yeah? That's, that's one of my favorites from the Old Testament. The whale, yeah. The, one of the favorite stories that I have from the New Testament, though, was what we just read. It's called the story of the transfiguration. Can you say that word? Transfiguration. Very good. Can you say it again? Transfiguration. Transfiguration. Yeah. You know what it means? No. No? (laughs) It means to change shape, to go beyond shape, to change shape. So um, butterflies. Who likes butterflies? Yeah? Yeah? You guys want to see this? Isn't that the best hand butterfly you've ever seen in your life? 
Fair enough. <laughs> like every animal. So butterflies, where do they come from? Uh, cocoons. Cocoons? Caterpillars, right? And they come from eggs, which are from other butterflies. Yeah, so, so there, there's this, this slimy, gross caterpillar goes to a cocoon, right? And out comes a very beautiful butterfly. And they lay eggs. And, they, and, they lay, and, and then the whole process starts over again, right? That, that process of caterpillar to, to butterfly, a little res- resurrection there, but also transfiguration, changing forms, right? So the story, transfiguration, okay, it's about Jesus. Everybody knows who Jesus is, right? Yep. Jesus is with his best friends. You guys have a best friend? Good friend, yeah. You guys know who Jesus' best friends were? There were three guys mentioned by name. I heard it. Peter. Luke. Starts with a J. John, and another J. Close, James. Peter, James, and John, okay? So, so Jesus and Peter and James and John, they go walking up this mountain. Ever walked up a mountain before? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. It, it takes a long time. You're kind of, kind of hot and sweaty. You get a little tired afterwards. They go up this mountain, and Peter and James and John, they're, they're kind of tired, so maybe they're kind of falling asleep a little bit. But then, boom, Jesus changes shape. It says that his face is shining like the sun, and his clothes were as bright as lightning. And then there's these two guys, Moses and Elijah, and they were talking with Jesus. And then Peter was, says something really silly because he's, he's Peter. He's, he always says something silly. He's like, Jesus, it's really cool that we're here. Uh, let's, let's build some, shell, uh, some, some shelters and stay here for a while. And then this cloud comes and envelops them. This cloud comes all over them. And out of the cloud comes the voice, this is my son. Listen to him. Pretty cool story, huh? Yeah. So I got one more thing to show you. You know what this is? A camera. It is a camera. You ever seen a camera like this before? Yeah? Most people have cameras on their phone now, but let me press this button real fast. If it works. No. Let me show you how it works. Okay, show me. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, yay! <laughs> There's a little thing coming out. Just kind of keep, keep an eye on this, okay? It's a picture that I You sure? Yeah? You want to take a picture? So here's the cool thing about pictures, right? They capture a moment. And a lot of times when you take a picture on your phone or, or another camera, you can kind of immediately see it. But there used to be where you would take a picture and you'd have to wait a while for it to develop to where you could see it, okay? So it's still being developed here. Have you found out which button it is? Uh, no. It's, it's the button right there. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, it's appearing. The picture you took. So this is a picture. What's appearing is, is a moment in time. And if you keep this picture and let's say five, six, seven years down the road, you find it, you can remember, oh yeah, this is the day that Father Mark was teaching us about the transfiguration. It's, it's, 
and you took it so you can have it. It's a, it's, a, it's a moment in time. Well, the transfiguration, though, the story that we just read, is a picture of the future. Can you think about that? What do you think I mean by that? A picture of the future. Do you know where you're headed? What's the destination for us? I heard it. Heaven. Yeah. God's kingdom. That's our destination. That's where we're headed. So this, this story of transfiguration is this picture of Jesus and Moses and Elijah kind of in this glorified, beautiful state. And that's what he has planned for you. That's how much he loves you is that he's destined, destined you to be beautiful and radiant and glorious and with him forever. Does that make sense? Is that your picture? Okay, should we close with a, with a big group picture? Yeah. yeah? Oh, yeah. You want to take it? Okay, get, everybody get in real close. Okay, now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for coming up today. The, I get the picture. <laughs> Thank you for coming up today. Yeah, the, the transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ. Kind of a fun word to say, transfiguration, try it out. Transfiguration. Sounds a little weird, but you say it long enough, it kind of rolls off the tongue like chimichanga, right? It really is one of my favorite stories from Scripture. There's just something mysterious about it. There's something just cool about it. You you, you read it, and there's like this almost invitation to say, what does it mean? And quite honestly, I, I think it has a lot to say about salvation. It has a lot to say about salvation, and therefore, it's pretty important. So let's consider where this is in the gospel narrative. Firstly, this story of the transfiguration is in all three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's in all three of them, so they clearly thought it was important enough to write down. Not just that, but maybe more so, where it is in the narrative of Jesus. In all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this story comes just after, just after Peter confessing Jesus to be Christ, comes just after Jesus teaching about the death and resurrection, and just before Jesus journeying to Jerusalem for the last time. So right after the confession of Jesus Christ, right after teaching on death and resurrection, and then going to the death and resurrection. There's a sense then that this story is the transition from Jesus, the transition from Jesus going from a teaching and preaching ministry to the cross and the resurrection. And so this story, this, this transfiguration, may be something of a picture of salvation, a, a picture of where the journey is headed, a picture Jesus gives Peter and James and John there, a picture that he gives us. The picture itself, I would think, is an elevation of humanity. The picture is an elevation of humanity, the raising up, the glorification of humanity. Let's remember Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. One of the early church fathers said, the glory of God is the man fully alive. 
Something that we have to remember at, at all times, hopefully every day, is that we're natural beings created for a supernatural end. We are natural beings created for a supernatural end. So if we take a look at the story again, the first thing we can notice about the transfiguration is that the appearance is changed. This, this man, Jesus, this 33-year-old Middle Eastern carpenter turned preacher and miracle worker, he changed. He went something beyond his form. His face was shining like the sun. His clothes bright as lightning. His appearance was awesome. And it wasn't just him. Moses and Elijah too. The guys that symbolized the law and the prophets, guys who had been dead for 1,400 years and 800 years, they changed too. And it said that their appearance was glorious in splendor. Now, I don't know about you, but if, if I think about a, a glorified humanity, a raising humanity, I, I hope it would look something like this. Beautiful, radiant, awesome. Jesus is giving us a picture of where the journey is going. So the second thing we can notice about this story of the transfiguration is that it, it transcends space and time. As I just mentioned, Moses, the guy holding the tablets, he's been dead for 1,400 years. Elijah, the prophet, had been dead for about 800 years. So we have these three guys from, from different centuries, kind of from different parts of the world even, and yet they're here together talking with one another like, like it's no big deal. Isn't that just kind of weird? No? <laughs> I think the, the picture Jesus is giving us is that he's, he's elevating humanity. He's showing us where we're going. He's showing us the destination in a sense. You see, what, what all people can relate to, what, what we all have in some form or fashion is that there are times when we just don't quite feel at home yet. There's a restlessness about humanity. There's a, a hunger and a drive that there's got to be something more going on. And the weird thing is that this is almost especially true when things are going well, when things are, are right and we're happy and we're healthy and we have a, a string of good days. And then, and then we just kind of think, this isn't all there is to it, is it? The transfiguration, it gives us a picture of why we're restless, why we're never quite satisfied, why there's a hunger and a drive within us. And it's simply because we were made for something more. We were made for something more. The Christian hope is that we know where we're going. We know where the journey goes. When the journey ends here, it only begins a glorified humanity. It begins in the place that's outside of space and time. It begins our everlasting life with the master forever. So I'd like, you, like to invite you on this journey. Every year, the people of God take this journey with Jesus in a season that we call Lent. Lent is a journey where we just kind of get back to the basics. We journey with, with Jesus in discipleship following him as closely as we can because we know where he's going. We know he's going to the cross and then to resurrection. We know he's going to Good Friday and then the joy of Easter. It's a journey about the harshness of reality 
But then it has a new beginning in the reality of beauty and glory and eternity. We start this journey on Wednesday, and I just want to invite you to journey with Jesus. Amen.